Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Going to be a cool conversation. I, you know, looking back over our portfolio, we've had a ton of conversations around, oh gosh, how to carry yourself and conduct yourself personally in the realm of business and certainly in your life. Uh, one of the subjects, though, that we've never really talked about directly was this idea of influence. I'm looking forward to having that conversation. It's one of those things I think you're going to, if you think you know what it is, you probably think you have influence, but I suspect we are all wrong on that. Going to be a cool conversation. Let's say hello to my guest. Her name is Stacy Hunky. She is the founder and owner of Stacy Hunky Incorporated and the author of a new book called Influence Redefined Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be Monday to Monday. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Now, the pleasure's mine. I appreciate you making time to join us. I know you're awfully busy, uh, so grateful for you swinging by. Stacy. before we get into conversation around influence and the book, Influence Redefined, take a quick minute. Tell us a bit about you, your background, and the work that uh, Stacy Hunky, Inc. is out there doing. Yeah, a little background. I always wanted to be the next Katie Couric, but apparently <laughs> that did not work out. So I started my career in radio then after a couple of large corporation jobs, I landed in Chicago, which is where I reside today, and it, the career took a turn. I was hiring speakers for large events. I would hang on to their shirt tails, have them coach me. Then the second part of my job, I did a lot of international travel teaching presentation skills. I'd be flying back on that plane, and I'd think, I just did a disservice because this individual I just coached, they're not going to be standing up but presenting for weeks or months. And that's when it really clicked. And I thought, influence is not about turning it on, turning it off. Influence really is how do you show up every day? And Stacy Hunky Inc. was formed 15 years ago. That's our area of expertise. We tend to work with directors to the CEO, helping them become more aware of how influential they really are than what they believe to be true. And we do that through our work, whether it's our workshops that my team does coast to coast, a lot of mentoring, you know, that, that one-on-one, you really get up close and personal with that CEO. And then I'm out there spreading to a larger audience. I do a lot of keynote presentations at corporate conferences. All right, good stuff. Ah, somehow I missed that you are in Chicago. Uh, as I record this mm-hmm. with you, I am uh, at Washington and Wells overlooking the loop from my 48th floor studio. Ah. So um, we're closer than I okay. realized. So, uh, we well, are. Yeah, we'll have we to talk. Have done this in we uh, probably could have and probably should have. So, in any event, uh, we'll have to talk about that offline. But, in any event, all right. So, Stacy, thanks for that. So, the book, Influence Redefined, I think one of the Questions I'm going to ask you first. Uh, this is one of those, and I do this frequently on this show when someone pushes material around a, a, an idea like influence. And, and I think it's one of those words that if you lined up 10 people and said, define influence, you would probably get 
10 different ideas and concepts of what influence is. So lead us off by defining what Stacey Hunkeith says influences and forms the context then for for the book and, and why you did it. Mm, you bet. There's a big misperception around what it is and what it's not. The misperception is moving people to action, motivating them to move them to action. I think that's a really outdated version. I mean, that's, that's a part of it, but there's so much more there. There's also a misperception. I turn it on when I need to. And that's where I go back to presentation skills. I'll turn it on when I need to be on stage or I have a high stakes meeting. It's so much more than that. It's making sure that your body language, your messaging is consistent Monday to Monday, that your listeners never need to guess who's going to show up. The second part of that definition is having this ability to move people to action long after the interaction occurs. Now, with that definition, you can feel it. It's, that's going to take some discipline. It's going to take focus and deliberate practice, which is all laid out on the how-tos in the book. All right. So, Help me understand. Let me give you an example. So just the other day as we record this was, and excuse this weird example, but it's the first thing that came to mind. So just a couple of days ago as we record this was the, I can't believe I'm actually going to use this as an example on the air, but it was the 37th anniversary of the release of ACDC's seminal LP, Back in Black. And so I just promoted it on my various social channels just for fun, just to say, hey, uh, just listening to some cool music and all that. And and just, it was just, it's just something that I do on a regular basis is to share some of the music I'm listening to. And, and anyway, a handful of people said, oh, I didn't know that. Wow, cool. I'm going to listen to it now as myself. And I think a lot of people would hear that example and say, all right, well, Todd, you were influential because you posted something, in this case, some music you're listening to, and a bunch of people took action. And some people then say, or oh, Todd is obviously influential. And, you know, the, the old days when there used to be these scoring algorithms on, on social media and people would react to something that you posted, that would jack up your, your influence scores and all that kind of stuff, your cloud scores. Is that, as you said, I think moving people to action is one element to this, but it's, it is so much more than just that kind of a reaction, right? It is. It goes beyond that. I'll give you an example for any of our listeners. If you're in sales, I, th I think we're all in sales, right? We're always selling our ideas. Yeah. Or you're in an industry where you are working with external clients, customers, and that client that you've built a really powerful relationship with, they leave. They leave and they go to another company. And that's hard. You know, that happens a lot in my industry. You know you've got influence. That client, whatever new company they go to, they call you in a year, two years, and they say, you know, I am now in a position where we can bring you into this company. That's an example of when you're in an interaction with someone, a conversation, you've got impact on them. You've got this way to really stand out, not just yourself through your delivery. Your message stands out that that individual, they're constantly influenced by you because they come back to you. Even if you don't talk to them every day, they come back. There's an example that I use in the book. So this is more on the personal side because I think influence also applies to our personal life. There's an example I use where... I travel a lot. I'm in restaurants a lot, lots of observing. And I can watch a family with little kids. You know that parents have, are, have influence on these children, that when they get up to walk away, perhaps to go to the restroom, for example, the kids still behave. 
Yet on the reverse side, the parent goes up, leaves the table for a moment, and the kids are on fire the minute that the parents walk away. Hmm. So there's an example on the personal side, the professional side. And I, I think that's such a big part of the definition of influence because let's face it, we are living a whole new world of work. It's called noise. And there's a lot of noise 24-7 every day that's coming at us, which makes it each of us more difficult to have influence because you've got to do something. Think, think your delivery. Think about how you show up your body language and your message. It really needs to stand out for the clutter from the noise. That's the first step before people even start listening, understanding, and then acting on your recommendation. What's the difference between, I'm asking now from the context of a leader in an organization, whether they're leading a team, a division, or the the company itself. I think some people think influence is is driving fear and people taking action because they're afraid of a punitive Uh. action from a leader. And I I guess you could say that's influence, although I wouldn't necessarily call it that. Talk about the difference exactly. between between being influential in an organization and being this top-down, barking orders kind of a leader, and people do things yeah. because they're they fear for their jobs or getting getting punished. Those are two completely different examples. You're right; that's not the influence that I'm talking about. After a while, that gets old, and I've had a lot of clients, a lot of friends that have been in that position where the barking of the orders. And, and just the, I had a call with a client yesterday that was talking about leaving their job because of exactly that. The influence I'm talking about is people trust you. They really look up to you. They trust that the way you're asking them to take action or what you're asking them to do, that they want to follow. There's a powerful book. I, I do a lot of following of John Addison. He's the CEO of Prime America. And one of his recent publications is Real Leadership. The whole book is his story going through 2008-2010 downturn of the economy and how he progressed and then eventually to a CEO. And a lot of his conversation in the book is exactly what I'm talking about. It's not, well, I guess I can quote one of his quotes. It's something similar to, I might not get word for word here, people don't follow you for what you say. They follow you for what you do and who you are. And I, I couldn't say it better myself. Influences people. People really trust you. They they want to take your lead. They want you to be there for them. And that there's the difference between because what you said earlier, which I think is a really key element in this, and something that I'm going to be thinking about long after we have this conversation is is influence becomes meaningful and impactful when it when it influences action long after the interaction. Uh, the, the kind of fear-based leader we were talking about a minute ago is the kind of influence where they snap their fingers and you take action right now because you have to versus right. you're inspired to long after that. And that's how you, what you just, you just stipulate there. That's, that's how you do that, right? That, that's how you begin to be influential even when you're not face-to-face and long after the interaction, correct? I mean, that's the, that's the crux of exactly. it. That's, that's how you do it. You got it. Exactly on point. All right. Good. Good stuff. All right. So Stacey Hunky and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. Today's special edition coverage is made possible by Envoy, helping you to build a world-ready workforce and alleviating the stress associated with navigating U.S. immigration, securing global work authorizations and business visas, and managing all of your international employees. 
Envoy combines expert legal representation with technology to provide the only enterprise platform that enables companies to effortlessly hire and manage their global workforce. To learn more, please visit EnvoyGlobal.com. That's EnvoyGlobal.com. All right, and we're back with Stacey Hunky, the author of a new book called Influence Redefined. So, Stacey, the top half of the show, you mentioned this, and then the subtitle of the book is uh, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be Monday to Monday. So what do you mean by Monday to Monday? Everyone always asks that. It's the idea behind, we stated at the first part of the show, you cannot turn influence on and turn it off. People are not going to take you serious. They're not going to see you as authentic, and then trust starts to get destroyed. I'm going to use an analogy here, and I use a lot of sports analogies in the book. If you're playing golf, tennis, you're a skier, whatever it may be, you know that a professional athlete or even an actor or actress, they don't go to the game. That golfer does not go to the U.S. Open and just suddenly, all right, I'm going to play today. I'm going to use the skills that I was coached several weeks ago, and they've never practiced it. The idea of Monday to Monday, because we speak verbally and non-verbally, 24-7, 24-7, every day, it's practicing, it's focusing on who shows up for every conversation. How do you come across? How do you make people feel? To make sure that your listeners are never guessing who's going to show up today. I've got some clients like that. I don't know what they're going to be like if I touch them on a Monday versus I talk to them on a Friday or what happened to them the night before. To me, if you truly want to be influential, People have to see you as credible, trustworthy. All those words sit under influence or behind influence. They have to see it all the time. How you hear me right now during this podcast is how you would hear me if we had lunch together. And it's that consistency that I think we forget about or we think, oh, it's, it's a phone call. It, I, I can, um, ah, it's very casual. Well, it's the weekend. I can slouch a lot. I can use filler words again, um and ah. Uh. I can't do that and then suddenly on Monday deliver a presentation in front of a group and turn this stuff on is about consistency, which equals authenticity, which then gets people to act on your recommendation. Well, I was going to impress you by asking a follow-up saying, so it's about consistency, and then you, then you said it. I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's what it's mm-hmm. about. And, and this is, yeah. it's, it's that cliche of, you know, character is what you do when no one's watching. I mean, it's that same kind of idea. Yeah. This is something that has to happen 24 hours a day. You can't veer off that. And that's, and that's mm-hmm. this, this question someone is asking, saying, well, all right, so I want to be more influential. How do I do it? There's not as you know. There's not a simple. Well, maybe you might disagree and say get the book. Uh, but but the, there's not a simple. All right, here's here's the three things you do, and suddenly you're influential. I mean, this is something that you got to start now, and it's consistent effort and discipline and and practice. And I guess the other mm-hmm. thing about this too is it you once you achieve quote influence in the Stacy Hunky definition of it, it doesn't then you're not locked in forever. You got to continue to maintain and work that right. Yes, exactly. You got it. You had made a comment when no one's watching. I had an experience a couple of months ago. I was presenting at a conference. I'm sitting at the head table with the CEO, the CFO, and the CEO goes up on stage to kick off the big conference. I'm sitting next to the CEFO. And during the CEO's entire kickoff, the CEFO next to me is on her email. And I'm thinking, God, you're sitting right in the front row. People totally can see you right now. Get this, Todd. She gets up to do her portion of the presentation. At the end, she talks about how critical it is that we've invested in you. You're here all week. Make sure you get the most out of this conference. 
stopped checking emails. And as that's coming out of her mouth, I thought that is a prime example of what I'm talking about, inconsistency. Well, I was going to share a a similar example where I've seen someone present at at a conference and when they get on stage, the, they light up and they get all bubbly and conversational mm-hmm. and lovey-dovey mm-hmm. and, and positive. Yeah. And, and, but then they get yeah. off stage and they get on the cell phone and they're barking at their staff. And I've, yeah. se- and I've seen that. And then in the, the, this particular case, I've seen them in the real world before their presentation. And then when I saw them get on stage and be this entirely different personality, I, I didn't take them seriously. I mean, that, 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 you could boil this whole book down to a leaflet with that one story, right? I mean, that's the whole point. You can't yeah. be an asshole in the morning on the <laughs> phone and then get on in front of people in the afternoon and be an t- entirely different person. You 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 are no longer influential in, mm-hmm. by the Stacey Hunky definition, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. I always yeah. tell my listeners, my participants, you're, the camera is always on. Yeah. And the whole book really ties down to reputation management, that you get to decide what reputation precedes you every day. And usually your reputation is what people are saying behind your back. But it is about how do you show up? And people can just rely on, they always know who they're going to get. Well, you could say another way to define influence is someone who has a good reputation that people respect and look up to. I mean, that's exactly. that's what we're talking about. I mean, it's it's yeah. a lot of the stuff we talk about in all these different iterations of of being a good leader and developing your your team and all that. It, it all correlates. I mean, it's all related. I mean, this is all tied together. So mm-hmm. all these different things we talk about uh, is 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 all is all interrelated. So, all right. So let's get down to it then. So. I guess, what are the common challenges? What are the common problems? What are the, what are the things that people are doing wrong? Maybe they're good mm-hmm. people. Maybe they have good intention and want to serve mm-hmm. and, and want to be, be good people and be well thought of. But they're just they're tripping up unawares as to, as to actions they're taking. I mean, if you've been reading between the lines, you already know the answers to these questions. But let me ask you, for the purposes of the audience listening, who said, mm-hmm. okay, I, want, I, need, I need to get better at this and I want to improve what are, what are the key things we're doing wrong that we, can, that we can begin to turn around and fix? The common ones are we don't connect and engage. Our listeners today probably think of eye contact. I call it eye connection. It goes to a whole new level. And what I mean by that is every time I'm speaking, whether it's to one person, two, ten, and plus, only speak when you see eyes. And every time you look away, give that pause time. Therefore, I don't want to confuse our listeners that I'm talking about staring at people. That's not what I'm talking about. It's making sure that when you're speaking, you are so connected to a pair of eyes. Any parents listening right now can totally get this, that when your little one, your little child is talking, but you're not paying attention, they may be tugging on your clothing or they might grab the side of your face and pull your face towards them. Or as a parent, I know my father used to always say to my sisters and I, look me in the eye. Tell me you didn't do it. I knew I couldn't lie to him, right? Right. But I think with all the technical gadgets, we're so used to multitasking, talking while we're sending an email while someone is standing in front of us. So that, that's error number one. It's, I bring that up, number one, because, Todd, what we do with our eyes, eye connection is the only skill that conveys trust. Yeah. The second big, big challenge we have, whether we know it or not, we say too much. Mm. Yeah. Some individuals may be full of used to or the term filler words, um, ah, so, like, but, you know, 
it's using those words completely out of context. We start to jeopardize brevity. We start to ramble. We frustrate our listeners. When we say too much, and especially then the message may not completely be relatable to them, resonate with our listeners, you're really inviting them to check out. Whether you can tell they're checking out, they might be mentally checking out. I want to give you one more. And what I'm laying out for our listeners, I call these the three core to body language. The third one is posture. Man, our, our parents, I know my mother, my mother used to always tell me to stand up straight, shoulders back. And it's the big question of, do you enter that room like you belong there? Or are you constantly closing off your body language? Are you slouching, whether you're standing or you're sitting? Do you have tons of stuff, bags that are hanging on you and there's stuff hanging out of the bags? It, we, got, we have to remember that when we're talking about reputation, whether we like it or not, it's very much of a human behavior to evaluate someone on how they look, how they sound, how they talk, how they move. <laughs> and that evaluation happens pretty quickly. Why not make it one that is a very positive evaluation? That way you can get through that clutter, those distractions, and really target the message and get people really early on to be trusting you. Oh, I don't think people realize how important body language is uh, towards this idea of influence. And, and you know, I'm, I'm the first. If anyone monitors my Twitter feed, uh, you'll on occasion, it's probably once a week where I'll, I'll just I'll just tweet sit up straight. And I do that because mm-hmm. I just realized that myself, that I was sitting there slouching at my desk and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? And so I sit up straight. I suddenly feel better when I do that. But, but then, I, well, then I send that tweet out and that's, that, that's always a code that, that I just did it myself because I was slouching. And it's, it's a little reminder to those seeing that tweet that, oh, you, you probably need to sit up too. But it's... It's it's the eye contact that you were talking about. It's the body language. It's it's looking so negative and morose, and then trying mm-hmm. to have a positive spew positive words, but but looking forlorn. I mean, I, I don't think people realize how how impactful it is. Yeah, the words matter, and what you say matters, and and how you communicate with people certainly is critical. But gosh. I think body language is is is, uh, is overlooked in this thing, and I'm so glad that, yeah. that this is a big part of the message from from what you're talking about, and certainly mm-hmm. from this book. I mean, I, I, it's game changing, right? When when you begin, and it actually it makes you feel better too, right? Yeah, you got you. You hit right on the head. We don't think about body language. The majority of us, when we're in a conversation, we think about I need to say everything correctly. I need to get those words out. That's great and everything. That's another big powerful piece of influence. The side we don't focus on is how do people experience you? Is what you're doing with your hands, your posture, your movement, is that consistent? Is there purpose behind what you're doing to enhance your message and make it more memorable? Now, if we circle way back around to where we started this conversation, remember I said influence is moving people to action long after the interaction occurs. How do you stand out from the crowd? The experience someone has to you is going to determine how memorable you are. And that's another reason why body language is absolutely critical. But you can't fake that, though, right? I mean, if, if you are yeah. having an interaction with someone and you are unhappy and they've done something wrong or you, they, you need to coach them on, on, and help them correct a mistake, you can't have this fake smile. And, I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you do that? I mean, I, I, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing, yeah, shoot, I don't know how I would be able to tell someone how to do that. I mean... I guess, what's the importance between positive body language versus being authentic and real? You got it. 
it's Monday to Monday. Uh, it's practicing your facial expressions, practicing your posture, your gestures, looking people in the eye during day-to-day conversations. This is another mistake why, why I left the career I was at delivering presentation skills because we would teach people how to present. All right, when you're standing in front of the group, look people in the eye. And I thought, well, but what if they never do that? How in the world are they going to stand up and do it? That's the conflict, Todd, that you're hitting on where you'll see someone, whether it's in a presentation or a meeting or a sales pitch, and you're thinking, all right, that's like a different person right now. They are so canned. They look robotic. They sound mechanical. And the idea is the best advice I can give. It's, it's speaking from experience still to today. I have a speech coach, and any time that he messes with the way I deliver, his recommendation is always, all right, you're not going to practice this in front of a group. I want you to do it while you're on the phone. I want you to do it while you're with friends and families. There's research that shows that we change. We enhance habits by practicing when we're comfortable and or alone, which means, you know, you're probably comfortable with friends and family alone. Maybe you're on the phone. That gives you a good chance to practice it. That's the key. And I think that's a big piece, Todd, people are missing. They're not realizing that it's the consciousness. It's being conscious that you've got a phone conversation this afternoon. Think about your brevity for two minutes during that call. Well, you're walking through the office hallway. Someone catches you. Think about how you're standing for five minutes. That's it of that conversation. As you said, the key word there is practice. These, and all of you talked about, is a learnable skill, right? Mm -hmm. It is. You just have to be willing (laughs) to do the work. Yep. Yep, and therein lies the where most people struggle because they aren't willing to do that. Yeah. We're about out of time, Stacy. But what I would like to do as uh, our final bit here is, I mean, this isn't a book just full of examples and anecdotes. There, there is actually a model that you present in this book about all that we talked about. So why don't you close us up by uh, kind of walking through, you know, the, the key drivers to influence and and help us understand okay. kind of the model that all of our conversation is 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 based on. You bet. I want our listeners imagine, visualize a triangle. On the left side of the triangle is feedback. And I'm not talking about, good, nice job. (laughs) I'm talking about, before we get on the call, Todd, I tell you what I'm working on. Would you listen for that? Can you give me feedback after? The right-hand side of the triangle is this practice, this idea of deliberate practice. You don't want to just go through the motions, but you want to think like an athlete. You're you're preparing for that big conversation, which is a daily situation. On the bottom of the triangle is accountability. I shared with you, I've got a coach. I have several accountability partners. I know I cannot do this on my own because I'm not always 100% conscious or aware. It's making sure that someone is giving you that feedback. Someone that you can trust is going to tell you the truth, which is usually a family member or a close peer at work. All right, so that's the outside of your triangle. Now, if you go inside the triangle, there's elements that reach influence. And the very first one is a lot what we've been talking about, Todd, it's self-awareness. If you are not a self-aware, meaning, I'm going to throw another how-to out there, you're not regularly seeing yourself, experiencing yourself through the eyes and ears of your listeners. I have a feeling you may be evaluating your level of success, your level of influence on feeling rather than on fact. And the only way I know how to get myself out of that rut is I regularly video record myself. Mm. I audio record myself. And I just do it on my phone. We, we have the technical gadgets to do it. Boy, isn't it amazing? Then we have to con- 
No, it's just amazing how it always comes back to self-awareness. Most of these issues that we struggle <laughs> with in business and life is a lack of self-awareness. And if we could fix that one thing and, and, and encourage and help people become more self-aware, mm-hmm. it would positively impact in virtually every element of your life, right? You got it. And it, it does. It applies to everything. The next element right above self-awareness, consistency. We've talked a lot about that. Yep. I'm going to move right up to the next one. We talked about reputation, reputation management. I talked about the how-tos in the book. One we didn't talk about right above reputation is adaptability. I think this is the hard one. This is pretty tough to do. It's adapting your message on the fly. It's really paying attention to what, what is my listener or listeners? What are they non-verbally saying? What are they verbally saying? Am I going too fast, too slow? Am I covering a key point? I don't need to cover it. They know about that. And I, I give a lot of how-tos on how to do that in the book. Then we move right up, and I think this is the big guy. This is the memorability piece and impact. How can you have impact in the moment that your listeners, they don't want to do anything but listen and, and be influenced by you, and then that continues long after that conversation occurs. All that lines up, Todd, influence that's right on top. Mm. Love it. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll do what we can to present that model when we, when we publish this and uh, air that in the Thank show you. notes. So that's going to require a lot of thinking after this interview wraps because uh, there's a lot there. And, and as you said, we did touch on a lot of those elements during the conversation, but uh, seeing it all in one model uh, is, is where it all comes together. Well, so Stacy, gosh, we could only benefit from another couple of hours of conversation a lot more to Thank dive you. into here but uh, unfortunately for today we are we are out of time before i let you go should anyone have any questions of you how do they find you where do they learn about your work and most importantly where do they get their hands on a copy of influence redefined i am easy to find our website address is stacy with an e y h a n k e i n c dot com all right. Stacy Hunky, the founder and owner of Stacy Hunky Inc., and the author of a new book called Influence Redefined Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be Monday to Monday. Stacy, great pleasure to have you. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us. Thank you, Todd. It was my pleasure. Pleasure was ours. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Stacy Hunky, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you again very soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.